God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to The Scott Adams Show. And today, special day, we're uh, joined by Leonora Cravoto. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So uh, what did you think about that Jesse Smollett case? Well, you know, I mean, the media made a big hype about it. I mean, as we've talked about ad nauseum for two years now that this case has been out in the uh, public arena, they jumped on it. Due process be damned. They jumped on it the minute he said racism, the minute he said MAGA supporters attacked me. Nobody looked at it and looked at the um, facts as they were presented. Who's out in the middle of freezing cold Chicago, I think it was the middle of the night, going out to buy a sandwich. I mean, uh, you know, the whole thing didn't make any sense. And even the, the the Nigerians who he hired to create the hoax, very quickly um, on, they, they admitted that they were hired. So this was a case of him grandstanding and thinking he could act his way out of this situation. And he also had the benefit of the liberal press who jumped on it because they anytime the word racism is even intimated at everybody is so afraid of being called a racist that they believe anything they hear i'm not and i'm seeing this crime spree all over the place and i'm seeing it predominated by um black people right and i and uh, we were just uh watching the news and there was this um uh, u.s attorney now from massachusetts that's you know basically has road rage and uh, I think uh, hates white people. Right. Uh, this reverse discrimination cannot stand. Number one, and if we would just have a level of justice, like a blind justice, lady, lady justice should be blind. If we would just have some sort of justice, we wouldn't have this reverse discrimination. The laws in the books regarding discrimination apply to all people uh, equally under the uh, under under God and under the law. But you know, here's the thing. Would you see how our government is just throwing a blind eye to due process? Our media says it's okay to just basically not even look at the law, not show any remorse. 
We've seen this from Hillary Clinton and uh, Dr. Fauci. No remorse for the actions that they took that cost people's lives and to uh, show no remorse for anything. And it's, it seems like it's all started. This whole thing blew up uh, in the Trump era yeah. because uh, everybody had Trump derangement syndrome. And they were told to hate. They were told it was okay to hate and that you would be okay. We'll bail you out. And, you know, the, they were talking about the Christmas tree lighting over at Fox News, you know. And somebody who had been released for another crime set the tree on fire two days ago, destroyed this Christmas tree, which, by the way, had red, white, and blue on it. It was intended to embolize patriotism. Well, what they said was that person had already been released yes. and was sitting across the street watching the new tree lighting from the tree that he burned down. Right. And, exa- and so not even it, a, sta- not even a uh, what do you call it, um, uh, uh, when you, you can't let somebody near you? What is right. it called? Um, there was no restraining order. Restraining order, right. Yeah, and, and right. the fact that he was out to begin with to for the first destru- for the destruction of the tree you know two days ago and now when they redid the lighting he was still able to watch it and that's very frightening it shows <laughs> that we you know that there's no ramifications for your actions and this is this is a very scary thing besides what it symbolizes people could get hurt when you burn a tree down and and thank god for the security that they had or else the situation could have been even worse they stopped it as soon as they could right but across the board mm. uh you know i'm seeing this reverse discrimination i'm seeing in just about all the videos that i see of this smash and grab group uh theft uh, because of the cities that are soft on crime, the district attorneys, uh, the Massachusetts woman with the road rage who has who hates white people, um, who is happens to be black, is is no different. She's soft on crime, and that's exactly what was going on with Kim Fox and Kamala Harris and Tina Chen and all these players that were involved with the Jesse Smollett case, and Jesse Smollett himself tried to manufacture a lie, a lie of the worst magnitude, trying to suggest that anybody that supported Donald Trump was a racist, a racist Nazi, and all these other things. I have debates with uh, Democrats and liberals, and the first thing they come out of uh, their mouth is somehow Trump's a racist or Trump's a Nazi or something to that effect. And like, prove it. Like, how? But that gets the narrative uh, in in a a box where they can, they can, um, they have nothing to lose. Right. Because now I'm on the defensive and they could just rattle off anything they want and I could deny it. And you know what? In this case, if the facts hadn't been so obviously against Jesse Smollett, he could have gotten a more positive verdict for himself but the facts well, let's see yeah let's and, see did the message even get uh heard you know they were talking about 20 years of uh jail time it's not when really you 20 up. years it's concurrent it's concurrent and the reality is he probably will also get probation and won't serve more than three years if he serves time at all because that's the other thing i mean you don't know what's going to happen with this media circus that there that there may be some attempt to try to indicate that you know justice wasn't really served etc because once you get on this narrative that we are um 
you know, racist and that this individual was a victim when it's clear he was not a victim. He was a perpetrator. We, the American people in this case, were the victims, except we refused to be those who spoke up and said, wait a moment, this doesn't make any sense. This story has tons of holes in it. And it was because people did not accept it. He, you know, you know how they say you're tried in the court of public opinion. In this case, public opinion won out. That people saw that the emperor has no clothes. They saw that this story didn't hold water. You know, whatever metaphor or allegory you want to use, uh, yeah. this the Jesse Smollett um, situation didn't you know win us over. We couldn't believe him. And people like Dave Chappelle with his comedy routine. They helped dispel the myth that Jesse Smollett was spinning. You know, you remember that funny routine that he did? He called him the French actor. Oh, Juicy Juicy Smollett. Juicy Smollett, the French actor, (laughs) you know, and he went on about it. But again, he has an audience that cuts across racial lines. But of course, there are plenty of African-Americans who follow Dave Chappelle. And when people heard that monologue, you know how they say you reach people through comedy? Well, this was a case in which that won out. And people heard this. And when you hear things said in plain language, it, you know, or particularly if there's humor to it, you remember it and it resonates with you. Hmm. So, you know, who needs to get the message more than anybody is Jesse Smollett's Juicy Smollett's attorney. Yeah. So he says uh, the defense attorney, uh, Nanye Uche, says we feel 100 percent confident that this case will be won on appeal. Let's take a listen. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, we are. We've heard the uh, jury's verdict. Uh, we respect the judiciary. We respect the uh, trial by jury process. So we're not going to criticize that. We're obviously very disappointed. Uh, we obviously respectfully disagree with the jury's verdict. The verdict is inconsistent. You cannot say Jesse's lying, and Jesse's not lying for the same exact uh, incidents. So we feel 100% confident that this case will be uh, won on appeal. Unfortunately, that's not the route we wanted, uh, but sometimes that's the route uh, that you have to take to win. Now, see, here's the thing. Juicy Smollett would have gotten probation. Yeah. But because he took the stand like Rittenhouse did. Yeah. Because he took the stand, there's no, uh, and he lied under oath. He had to have lied because his statement ran counter to the findings of the yeah. uh, jury. So right? he's basically left himself with nowhere else to go. So no, they're going to throw the they're going to throw the book at him. They, he has to do jail time. So it'll estimate that he'll probably do get sentenced to something like two point eight years. Uh, well, it's going to be then, it's going to be a longer then, sentence, but the sentences will be concurrent, and then he'll ultimately serve, like you said, th- two point eight to three years. Yeah, and then good t- good uh, behavior, what yeah. have you, uh, and he'll he'll be out within a year. Yeah. Um, but still, serves him right. I I think what he did was one of the worst crimes. But what's sad is that the two people occupying the White House right now, Kamala Harris, who was instrumental in passing. Uh, the confirmation, uh, voting on confirmation for the U.S. attorney that has the road rage that hates white people um, and is up there in Massachusetts. Uh, 
this woman is now confirmed as a U.S. attorney for Massachusetts. Uh, Kamala Harris's vote counts. <clears throat> so the damage is already being done there. But, you know, she tweeted out that she's with Jesse Smollett all the way. And that um, Joe Biden tweeted out uh, that he, uh, you know, was uh, basically saying we're living in a time where, you know, Trump supporters are racist and that we uh, can't let this stand. Well, it turns out that Juicy Smollett was basically lying through his teeth. And uh, when you think about that, that's the worst crime. That's even worse than being a racist is portraying, acting like you're a racist. I remember there was a case where their mother killed their, her children and she blamed it on black people. And I remember as a young person at the time, I said, that is about as bad as you can get, that you're blaming black people uh, for the crime of killing your children when you killed your, your right. children. You know, it's like, that's that's horrible. Yeah. And uh, you, you don't blame black people for a crime of killing your... Well, it's no different. What Juicy Smollett did was no different. He blamed uh, white people. He blamed Trump supporters, MAGA country. Yeah. It was ridiculous and preposterous, but... The same people, the same people, the same uh, leaders in our country right now that are running the country get it wrong all the time. They get it wrong when it comes to the border security. Remember the guys on the horses? Yes. And they were not whipping the Hispanic, uh, the uh, migrants, the illegal migrants, right? Mm -hmm. Breaking our laws, trying to run them down. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, that got to be an issue. And the media uh, ran with it. It was a false narrative. It was a lie. And yet still, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and, and uh, Mayorkas all had something to say about it. They were foolish. And the reason why they were able to leap to that conclusion was because they threw due process out the window, which was the problem I had all along with the impeachment process. Where's the due process? Where's the equal justice? This isn't a grand jury indictment where uh, only one side gets to speak. And Donald Trump's side never really got to speak. Yeah. And he never had a media. So again, it's a one-sided argument where uh, what we experience every single day is a grand, is a grand jury indictment when we listen to our media. And they say you can indict a ham sandwich, and that's true. Because the other side doesn't get to, to state their case. So it's a one-sided argument. And that's exactly where the Democrats like to, to position every single debate. And it doesn't stop right there. We saw the recent tweets with Rittenhouse. <clears throat> and and uh, Joe Biden, when he was a candidate called Rittenhouse a white supremacist. Again, we're talking about a teenager, and the same thing was done with uh, Nick uh, Sandover. You know, the... Uh, Sandman. Sandman, excuse me. He was the, uh, the the teenager from Kentucky who marched in the parade, and because he had a certain type of gaze while he was walking past a Native American, he got accused of racism. I mean, and, they put, and the poor kid was just standing there trying to just, you know, retain, uh, retain his calm when the when the other guy was sort of almost like menacing him. 
I mean, you got to admit though, man, Nick Sandman, all he had to do was sit there and bang, uh, bang a drum. Yeah. And, uh, or was he even banging a drum? I think he was um, just marching. Yeah. It was the other guy that was banging a drum, the Indian. Uh, but he, he made a, like $100 million? Yeah, he did. Just for one day's school outing? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. All he had to do was sit there and be silent. Yeah. Be silent for a few hours on camera, and you, too, could be a $100 millionaire. But you know what, though? You forgot the part in which uh, the a whole bunch of people in, were attacking a teenager. Oh, it's again, and going, yeah. and being and being considered does it, does, do a Democrats horrible care? person by you know by by people of prominence, and it's people like Don Lemon who uh, apparently assaulted and raped a guy, uh, a guy that didn't want his advances. I guess they were in a, some sort of a elevator in a hotel or something, and put his hands down some guy's pants, and now he's getting sued. So he'll probably be the next person on C- from CNN who's going through some changes right now and might end up shifting to center from their radical left position thanks to Chris Cuomo, uh, who's out, yeah. fired, and not even going to get his severance. So both of the Cuomo brothers had a bad year. They both got um, fired. Yeah, and they deserve it. Because, well, and that's you know, a case where justice worked out. Yeah, I mean, but really? Because how many people did Andrew Cuomo kill? Well, I meant that justice worked. That's not wor- justice. I meant that justice worked out and they got what they deserve. But yes, of course. They got, they got a fraction of what they deserve. Right. But when you think about. They were, they were, they're both womanizing rapists. But like I said, I mean, you, we cannot, we cannot estimate what happened with all the people that were put into the nursing homes with covid and what that did and how all the people who died and the devastation to their families which were all brought on by andrew cuomo but under the current circumstances they received justice no and i totally get your point you understand what i'm saying i mean you can't bring people back at this juncture but the fact that they and i can i know i keep saying the word but however i believe that it is good that both Cuomo brothers were fired. Oh, absolutely. No, and I do see it as justice. Yeah. I was just... Baiting me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, if you'd like to call in today, I believe our phone system might be working. <laughs> um, it's uh, 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. I'm going to say that one more time. And you get to say hello to Leonore, even. But that's uh, 215-867-8255. That stands for 215-TOP-TALK, 867-8255. Which is like easier to, to remember heard. if you just say 215-TOP-TALK. Yeah, let's see what you think about the uh, Juicy Smollett. Juicy Smollett. Smollett, the French actor. Uh, <laughs> but there's so much of this. Uh, you know, the, the thing that gets me the most is the lack of due process. I just wish we had more due process. Um, and and that's what that's what really bothered me with respect to uh, a lot of the Republicans uh, that were out there that were also on the fence or debating as to whether they should, you know, um, impeach President Trump. And you know that's why I think it was Cassidy and a lot of other uh, so-called Republicans that aren't as bad as say Liz, Liz Cheney, who's the worst. Yeah. Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger. And again, Liz Cheney's never going to come back. She's gone. So that's great. 
And that's she's gone in 2022. I'm pretty sure she'll be gone. And then Kinzinger has already lost his seat. Mm-hmm. But did we lose it to a Democrat? I don't know. Um, we're going to go ahead and take take a call here in just a second. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, hi. This is Donna. I've never called this one before. Hey, how are I, you? I usually, yeah, I always listen to Paul, but now I listen to your show <laughs> every morning. All right, that's I, great. I think what, you're great. I'm state, glad you're feeling better. What state are you calling from? California. Cali. Okay, what, what's, what town like in Cali? Yeah, it's terrible over here in California. Uh, we have to show our uh, vaccine card, uh, or I have an exemption card to get into restaurants. Wow. So you have to show your some papers. Some places won't, uh, won't comply, like In-N-Out, you know, and Route 66. Oh, In-N-Out will In-N-Out won't, Burger, won't comply. yeah. Yeah, In-N-Out. No wonder I like them. Yeah, well, I yeah was... and I'm waiting to see if Joe Biden will... Uh, let me go because I'm in federal government. But oh. so far, I haven't done it. You should. I haven't taken the jab. <laughs> you have not. Right. Oh, that's good. And I don't plan to. Yeah, you know what? And you know, I don't begrudge people who who have to take it um, b- right. because they're going to lose their. They're not going to be able to feed their family. Um, I have not taken it either. I've made a lot of different excuses. My biggest problem with regard to the jab, and incidentally, that's exactly the topic we were going to head to next. Um, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to contribute to the seventy percent because I believe it's the goal of government to get people up to seventy percent vaccinated. I don't believe it's eighty-two percent. I I think it's lower. Um, I think they're exaggerating the numbers. And what they're trying to do is get corporate support uh, to endorse their draconian measures. And I believe that's exactly what they're doing. And as long as you, if you can get the number up high enough, then corporations will buy into it and, 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 uh, and, and start to enforce, just like you were saying, in and out doesn't do it, but others do. Uh, in, in in a lot of different places, it's discretionary as to whether or not you'll have to enforce it. Some places it's it's enforced, but yeah, California is a mess. Right. Yeah. Thirty five. I think I'm the only one in my office who's not taking it. I'm. I I really think it might be the smack on the mark of the beast. So, and I don't want a blood clot. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the my, myocarditis. What do they call that? My, myocarditis. Myocarditis. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. seeing a lot of people with uh, getting all kinds of weird ailments. Well, thank you, Donna, for calling. Yeah, me today. I'll let you go. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. Take, take Bye. care. Bye. All right. So we got our first caller of the day. Yeah. Well, you know, with regard to the to the um, vaccine, there is an article in the Wall Street Journal today. It's uh, it's actually from the editorial board. Biden's federal vaccine mandate wipeout. The administration ignored the law. It is getting crushed in court. And basically, um, the premise of the article is that the questioning who, from a legal perspective, advised Biden on imposing this mandate because then they, you know, they joke and say that, you know, the uh, advisor needs to have his law license pulled because the courts are repudiating the administration's mandates at an astonishing 
astonishing pace. I mean, there was a federal judge in Georgia that on Tuesday blocked the vaccine requirement for employees of federal contractors. And that was the fifth judicial rebuke in less than a month. And and the author of the article or the authors of the article go on to make the point that the law does not give the president the right to impose virtually any kind of requirement on businesses that wish to contract with the government and thereby on those businesses' employees, so long as he determines that it could lead to a healthier and thus more efficient workforce or could reduce absenteeism. In other words, he doesn't have the latitude. Just because you can make the argument that something could create a healthier environment, you, you can't just sweepingly put everything into it. You can't, across a broad stroke, impl- impose regulations. You know, my question is, why in the world does it take so long to get things Put up, pushed up to the Supreme Court. Like some of these things are emergencies. Yeah, we got a rogue uh, person in the Oval Office that's wielding a pen and, and pushing forth draconian measures. Everybody knows they're unconstitutional. Yeah, you know when something's unconstitutional, how do you get away with it? He swore to uh, you know uphold and protect uh, the Constitution. Of course, we know that's not the case. Yeah. So you could cite emergency powers all you want, but there's got to be a defining moment or definition as to what kind of measures you can do and what measures you can't do. I think what um, helps Biden get away with things like this is the fact that people, A, don't really completely know what's in the Constitution. Secondly, they, they accept this narrative that you can alter things. And yes, things need to be altered because certain technology didn't exist years ago. We get all that. But this isn't one of those issues. This is about fundamental human rights. And to suddenly be imposing these regulations where individuals are not their free agents... It does go against the Constitution, but the the left stream media doesn't want to make this argument. They want to silence those of us who are saying it, and they want to just jump on the idea, like you and I have been talking since uh, the COVID uh, became part of our daily reality, that the narrative is we got to you know we got to stamp out COVID, so we all have to change our lives drastically. Businesses have to be shut down to accommodate this because we're so afraid of this disease and i'm not saying the disease isn't real but what about all the other diseases what about all the other health risks that we just walk right walk on by i mean and we don't we don't uh we don't address them yet suddenly we've imposed we've imposed all these draconian measures with regard to covid because it's part of the the political narrative the one that scott that you keep talking about you know let's get to the 70 percent vaccinated let's achieve this let's achieve that it's you know it's a way it's another way of controlling the population you know if we uh we're, we're controlling kids we've got kids wearing masks at school we've got kids frightened that if they don't have their mask on they're going to get into trouble i mean this is not the way we act in a free society a free society is not a dictatorship and the irony is that, you know, people from the left would call Trump a fascist or a dictator. The, the dictator is actually people like Biden. Yeah, and then there was uh, <clears throat> Lori Lightfoot. Let's see what she has to say here. Um, I believe this is the clip I was looking for. And, and basically, she's blaming, um, well, and I'm switching from COVID, to, but, but they're blaming, they're putting all the owners, onus, 
the onus on uh, maitre d's to act as law enforcement, to, to enforce these draconian laws that aren't even laws. Yeah. They're mandates. Yeah. Or they're guided They're lines. guidelines. They are not laws. And we have to remember that. Let's take a listen to this. So watch this. Some of the retailers downtown in Michigan Avenue. Okay. So this is Lori Lightfoot blaming the retailers on Michigan Avenue for not having the security to combat the crime that she, as a city manager, mayor, is allowing to happen. Right. It's it's completely backwards. What are we paying Lori Lightfoot for in terms right. of taxes? Right. Right? At some point, you've got to realize you're paying taxes and you're getting, you're not getting anything in return. Yeah. You know, it's akin to her saying, you know, you need to pick up your own trash. You know, you can't just let the trash come out. It's like, no, you're supposed to have trash pickup. That's why I pay taxes. Yeah. The taxes go to you. You then get the trash truck and pick up my trash. That's what you're supposed to do. We pay your taxes and you're supposed to keep the streets safe from criminals. Yeah. It's very simple. You don't hire DAs that allow the criminals to come back on the street like the very next day. Right. Well, you know, we're told to lock our doors, right? If, if, if businesses are hiring security guards and they're doing everything they can to protect their employees and protect their bill, yeah. their business's assets, and, and the government yeah. does nothing when right. people break through all that. Yeah. So we're going to take a listen to this again. Some of the retailers downtown in Michigan Avenue, I will tell you, I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. For example, we still have retailers that won't institute um, plans like having security officers in their stores, making sure um, that they've got cameras that are actually operational. <laughs> all right, Tyrus in Philly on the street. So that was a clip I got from Fox, right? Fox right. Five, five, I guess. Um, <clears throat> But whose responsibility is it? You know, it's the city's responsibility to keep the criminals off the street. Well, it's, you know, again, it, businesses have a certain responsibility, but I actually believe that these businesses are going through with their responsibility. Well, we already have metal detectors We've got, that, yeah. that are through the roof. And then uh, most stores that I've been in, whether you go to an Apple store or whatever, has an armed guard there. Uh, I don't know what more you need. But what, all right, even if you have a security guard, right, okay, you suddenly have a massive amount of people that come come through your front door and start smashing your windows. You're never going to have enough. How, how is that one security guard going to combat all those people? Yeah, and, what? Then, and passing the, and allowing criminals to steal $950 yeah. worth of stuff and not have them incarcerated. All right. And then, like, yeah, putting the bread on, you know, look at and look at all these people that are talking about. Let's take everybody out of the prison. I mean, it's you. You've got lawlessness run amok. Absolutely. Like Rashida yeah. Tlaib, is she the one who's saying that? Like, let's get everybody out of prison. I mean, there 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 is some there's some nonsense that's floating is that around. Corey Bush or yeah, it was Corey Bush maybe. Oh, okay, I thought it was yeah. Rashida Tlaib, oh, but I could be it's, wrong. It's all of them. It's all of them. All yeah. of them support that notion, and yet. You know, when you go to Cori Bush, she was famously quoted on on the uh, interview uh, where she was, you know, like it was a press thing. And she was like, well, I'm a public official. My life is threatened every day. And 
I put my life at risk to do this job, and uh, I need I need all the security I can get. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what about us? What about us? uh, What about us little people? Little little people. Yeah. It was like, here's a woman that was, you know, I mean, she has two, two brain, she barely has two brain cells to rub together. How in the world are we electing these people? You know, and it's How in the world you have, are we electing these pea brains? <laughs> well, it's because you have these people coming in from Somalia that like Ilhan Omar's Sharia law tactics. Yeah. You know, I don't understand it, but um, it, it is just that. It's, it's that they don't really even know the history of America. And again, that's what we've been talking about. What Open Borders is really about is the more people you get in that don't honor and respect America, the more people are are going to be voting that could care less about open borders. And it's going to be this uh, tipping point at some point. Just like we were talking about earlier in the week about London being run by a a radical Islamic jihad, uh, jihadi, uh, Amir Khan, who basically, you know, hates the West and wants to de- you know disarm all Londoners. Meanwhile, everybody's getting stabbed or cut up by, by machetes by these radical Islamic terrorists. Mm-hmm. And at the meantime, it's like you know we're losing in London. You're losing sight of the what a pub is. You know what the whole thing about storytelling at a pub, or or Irish music or English music. Um, you're losing sight of all that. What was Benny Hill? You know, what was Monty Python all about? Who were the Beatles? You know, and so they're losing their identity. And meanwhile, nobody's complaining about the open borders and the influx of more foreigners that's creating a demographic change that's not healthy for any society. Mm -hmm. There's only so much change a society can take overnight. Before you lose everything. And so these people now that are representing and occupying the majority of a population, they they don't know the history and they don't honor the country that they're in. They don't respect any the, any of the laws, apparently. And, and therefore, they're not going to care about the liberal agenda that's basically an anti-American agenda. So I want to play... Um, these, this clip here, again, Mayorkas is sitting next to Biden in 2015, while Biden in 2015 advocated for an endless stream of migration to dramatically change the demographics in America forever. Mayorkas sat there in agreement next to his right-hand man, Joe Biden. And they're in this frame together. And they're lying to you. Open borders and refugees are not only about importing depending class voters. It's about slave labor too. But it's also about getting a, 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 a group of people that don't much care about our country and don't care about open borders. Once you've lost your identity as Londoners, as the Londoners example that I just created, once you once you lose that identity, 
and you don't know who you are as a people, then what's the point of borders? And if you don't have borders, then you have the European Union. If you don't have borders, then you have globalism. If you don't have borders, you have socialism because you don't have a strong working middle class. That's the one ingredient that the Europeans have lost. A strong, vibrant, independent thinking middle class. Let's take a listen to what Joe Biden has to say. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Unrelenting. Full stop. An an unrelenting stream of immigration. Let's see if we can get that louder. Uh, My, uh, you know, the the call-in system, which is up, but it creates problems. We have a different solution we're going to be working on over the weekend um, to where we're going to improve it, hopefully, with another device. Um, But our our, uh, system is working. Our, Our our call system is working. So if you want to call in, it's 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. Uh, here we go. Stop. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Non-stop. Non-stop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a a source of our strength. Who is he to say? Who is he to say about how we change our demographics? This is one man. This one man that, you know, actually raised the sun like Hunter Biden. Yeah. And molested his daughter. This is one crazy dude that has dementia. This was in 2015. And he has the nerve to say this without even one bit of respect for the due process or or the way we pass laws in in America. And he has this nerve to say, I'm all for it. That's because he was working for Barack Obama at the time. This was 2015, remember? Yes. When he made that statement. And Mayorkas, when asked about what he did when he first came into office, let's take um, a And I'd like to understand from you what Trump-era immigration policies have been banned, ended, reversed, and if any investigations are underway by you. Uh, so we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies. It would take so much time to list them. And I'd like to understand from you what Trump... So he can't blame Trump. And they, they tried to blame Trump. They have worse cages, worse conditions than ever under Trump. And Trump, the cages he was using were built by Obama. And how the media, you know, spins this and why people believe the mainstream media and their pack of lies is beyond me. But this whole thing about changing the demographics... Is, is all about globalism. It's about moving people around, using them as slave labor, using them as votes, getting them registered, exploiting them, and treating them like puppets. And all the while, uh, losing our identity as a country to where it's okay if you just pull down every statue, change the name of every high school, 
The, the last time I've ever seen something like this, Leonor, yes, was when the Taliban took over Afghanistan a long time ago, actually, not mm-hmm. this recent stint. And they started blowing up all kinds of Christian uh, landmarks. And we see this with Muslims all, all over the Middle East, where they'll tear down all types of religious structures that don't reflect their values. And the Democrats are basically doing the same thing. They want to tear down statues. They want to abolish the police. They want lawlessness. They want open borders. They don't care about your identity, your nationalism, your pride. If you don't know what team you're playing for, who are you going to defend? Exactly. And um, so a nation without borders is not a country. A country without borders is not a country. You know, and uh, that's exactly what they're going for. They're going for this one world order, this new world order. It started with uh, Herbert Walker Bush, but it started well beyond that. It started way before the Bushes even. But it goes back even to Prescott Bush. But the Bushes were very instrumental in this new world order globalism, which is nothing more than, you know, basically leadership that that uh, is dominant uh, and not representative of the people because the people aren't voting for these people. We're not vote. We don't have a vote in Brussels. Do you have a vote in Brussels? No, we don't have a vote in Brussels. And I think what <clears throat> happened along the way when the whole European Union started and other other developments like that, it was it was promoted more that we would be able to easily go from this country to that country, and it was presented almost in a uh, you know consumer utilitarian manner. When in actuality, it was an effort to strip countries of their originality. And if we don't have a national identity, whatever country you're speaking of, we have nothing. And America is a melting pot because it's supposed to represent the fusion of all these different immigrants that come into our country become citizens and bring their culture with them. And that's why we're supposed to be the greatest country on earth because we have a panorama of cultures that we represent. But if we suddenly all become part of a greater global entity where nobody has any identity, then we go back to the same thing we started talking about. We become a situation where we're sloping towards socialism, where we're all following the same rules. We all wear the same clothes. We all have the same characteristics. There's no uniqueness. And if there's no uniqueness, there's no motivation for people to achieve there's no motivation for you to try to differentiate yourself in any way if the outcome is going to be exactly the same and you're not going to stand out at all in a, at whatever level you stand out what is your take on the media lies when did this when did this happen i believe That's this a, started happening when donald trump Wrote down the escalator. Well, I, I I think it probably started long before that. I think that's where it really got a lot of attention from conservatives that they that they saw something that was so blatant that even 
some individuals on the left couldn't completely ignore that this was what was going on because it was so blatant. But I think it started decades and decades ago. It's just that you still had some people that were fair reporters on the left. But the uh, situation right now that is, you know, that, it, you know, makes people apoplectic is that every situation becomes hyper in the media they you know they they focus on a narrative that fits a social justice cause and that's all you hear and you don't you don't hear the other side you used to be able to watch a show like a sunday show and you could watch the democrat and watch the republican and they'd have a they'd have a civil intelligent debate about something and then the two of them would go off and have a drink or something yeah. Now what you have is you have people that don't agree, like ready to kill each other all the time, to kill each other with words or unfortunately ready to kill each other um, with weapons. That's what you see happening. You see an angry world in which we focus on what divides us instead of what unites us. Well, you have an MBA and right. you uh, understand business. You worked in the banking industry for 10, 20 years. Uh, it was less than that, actually, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. at least ten, right? At least ten collectively, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and what do you make of the economy today? Well, the I mean, inflation. Well, I think the inflation the rate. High taxes. I think the inflation is out of sight, and I think part of the reason why it's out of sight is we we've imposed so many regulations that it co- that the cost of doing business has gotten higher and now with the i mean there's a whole bunch of different things that have gone into it but the other thing of course is the the mandates which are causing a labor shortage and All when these you have businesses a la- are crippling businesses are crippling so those are just two ingredients right there there are there are a the whole bunch of other things the rates way down despite yeah. the fact that unemployment is somewhat low um relatively it's low but People aren't working. People, People aren't, aren't working. Aren't They'd rather sit it, at home. Right. And because of all the And that's unhealthy. That goes to back but to look just... At, look at our national debt. Uh, well, that's exactly it. We've got national debt rising. But going back to the point I was making a moment ago, people have accepted this idea that, you know what, if I do the bare minimum, I'm still going to have a roof. And that's all I want to do. They've accepted mediocrity. They've accepted, Mm -hmm. let me just wear the blue shirt. Let me just do what I'm told to do versus let me go out in the world and let me make a difference. And however I make a difference, am I a teacher? Am I an executive? Am I a person who serves coffee? Whatever I do, I should be making a difference. Remember the... uh Jim Cramer from CNBC. Yes. He, here he is saying, uh, today we have the strongest economy perhaps I've ever seen. Let's, let's look at this. Right, first of all, to me we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, the unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. What's the la- we have all spotted but, but he, What he doesn't tell you is what's the labor participation rate, which yeah. I would actually like to love to know that number. I believe that number is going down. Um, Endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services, a marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a roaring 20s style. So, I, you know, I think that's somewhat misleading and ridiculous. Yeah. It's uh, so, I mean, because I know so many people that are struggling right now. Yeah. And finding a job is not the easiest thing. The labor participation rate for November 2021 is 61.8%. 
Labor participation rate for November 2020? Yeah, right now, 61.8. So how is that, relatively speaking? Is that high? Um, I think that's I think that's low. 61 percent. Yeah, 61 percent. So now do you, you also, have a chart, though? Uh, well, I'm you looking can, at the... See if you could, there's a chart. I'm looking at it from the St. Louis Fed. I just Googled and found whatever came up first. Yeah. Well, let me, so, let's take a call. John John uh, from Chicagoland. Oh, time. John. I haven't spoken <laughs> to him in a while. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's make sure we have the, the system coming in. Hey, uh, welcome to the Scott Adams Show, John. Hi, how are you? And I hope you have a nice weekend coming up. Hope hey so. John. Uh, I've been, hi, Jorge Lino. Just you know, two quick things. Um, one on the immigration. I, I know I've talked to you about this before. The only thing I would say with that is, you know, this really is all about destroying Western civilization. The best way to do that is bringing in non-Europeans. That's the view because they don't have the same stake in the shared history of the country, and so that makes their argument a lot easier to make to say that these people were racist or they're not your history or whatever. So that's when I think that's the underlying basis of this whole thing, and uh, and then yeah, they've also latched on to the whole globalism too. They've kind of fallen in love with that recently, but that's that's just to to uh, sort of uh, piggyback on what you were saying earlier. And the only thing I just I was prompted to call in because of Jim Cramer. You know, Jim Cramer, he's kind of an idiot. I mean, he he was just on TV about a week or two ago talking about. Uh, forcing vaccinations on people, and you know he, he makes it seem like it's some kind of, he actually gets some common sense idea. If you look it off a couple weeks ago, and the guys, you know, if you look at, by the way, if you look at his investment advice, people analyses on it, he's le- he's right less than half the time, which is basically like a monkey throwing darts at a board. So and that's the only other thing I want to say, Judge Jim Cramer, and the idea that you know people were in such a strong economy. Actually, personal debt is actually increasing. So if he said that, I I thought you were playing it. Is that a flip from the Trump years? Which one? From recently. Uh, The the one you just played. No, that's that's absolutely recent. That that was taking, uh, that, that article is from December 9th on Gateway Pundit. And that tweet is from December 9th. Yeah, I, I don't think he's accurate on that as far yeah. as people spending from the exes. And think about it. What are they spending from? They're spending from government checks. How would they have money to spend? How would they have cash to spend if it wasn't from government well, checks? Well, here's a, here's a tweet. What is that? That here, is that. And here's a tweet right here. It says, why is unemployment down? Always look. And that's all he cited was the unemployment. But he says, why is, why is unemployment down? Always look at the labor participation rate. Biden and the Dems are liars. Unemployment is down only because more people than ever before just dropped off, uh, dropped out of the workforce under the Socialist Democrats. It's evident by the 15 million plus open jobs and and uh, no workers. Socialist policies are devastating to any country, especially the USA. Capitalism wasn't set up to, to be supported by socialist payments to scumbags who sit at home and don't work for a living. Bring the real jobs back. Go Trump. That that's uh, that was a statement. That's exactly. It's about incentive. If you incentivize people, they'll work. If you disincentivize them, they won't. Especially if you have a culture that promotes laziness. It, with regards, yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. I mean, I, it, it's it's pretty obvious. If you look at the U6 number, yeah, lately it says here number, labor participation rate is at a 20 year 
low. CPI inflation and job vacancies are at 20-year highs. Labor productivity is at 10 years lows. Wow. Well, and the other thing you also have to add to that, besides the disincentives to work that John mentioned, is we also have an aging population. And because of the aging population, you have some people just retiring out of the system, which means there's going to be even, you know, the, the, there are going to be more jobs, but we need people to fulfill them. Yeah. So, John, go ahead. Sorry to cut Correct. you off there. Well, I just, I just want to add, I don't think the uh, labor participation rate considers people over a certain age, though, Leonora. Well, I no, do believe then, that's adjusted for. Yeah, it says prime uh, age labor force participation rate ticked up. So that right, was and then, if you look at U six, which is a little more comprehensive, that's I think that went up the U six rate. And then if you look at the actual unemployment rate, my understanding is that has been uh, revised since the sixties, so that it makes it look like the unemployment rate is actually less. That is, some of the U six number was actually in the unemployment number. So no, yeah, Kramer is entirely wrong. And, and largely because of what you said. It's and deceptively. That's what you have to look at. And now here's the problem, too, is he did it deceptively. You know, he did it uh, by citing one number, uh, basically the unemployment number. Uh, you know, and then there is this thing where, you know, like you could look to Florida and see that housing demand is up. But that's because everybody in the country is moving to Florida. But people in New York, New York are, you know, losing their places. I can tell you in the suburban Chicago area, yes, some of the, in the suburbs, the houses have gone up, but not that much, not nearly, nothing like um, uh, Florida. And we've had, if you look at Florida and Texas prices, you'll see $500,000 houses at seven, eight, nine hundred thousand. 900000 Illinois, maybe it went up 50000 and that's all inflationary, so it's illusory. Inflationary, you're so, right. Oh, yeah, Kramer's wrong again, yeah. Right. Hey, John, thank you for calling in today. We're at the end of our show, but I appreciate you calling in. Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right. Have a great weekend. All right. Well, that brings us near to the end of our show. It's always great having Leonora on. And uh, I want to thank Leonora for spending time with us today. And then also to make mention that um, we still have uh, our nonprofit. Uh, Leonora worked really hard to finally get our 501c3 official. Yes. And that's with buglecall.org and magapack.org. And we do have a lot of plans for that. Uh, we got a little sidetracked. With my health. Well, but my health understandably. Is, but is my health coming back? Your is health, my health is coming definitely back? coming back. Yeah, so we're feeling pretty good about that. We're building, your, we're building you back better. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> you just cursed me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, be sure to check out the Scott Adams Show for the latest podcast. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravota. And we'll see you all next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.